0: Hello! I know you were told to clap, and I don't even care. I still love it. You guys feeling good? All right, you sound good. Let's say hi to everybody. What's up? Littleton, Lakewood, Evergreen, Arvada, Brussels, Belgium. We love you guys so much. They're in Waterloo. We're so glad you're with us today. Uh, Denver Women's Correct- No. Denver Women's. Yeah, that's right. Denver Women's Correctional Facility. I said that right. We love you ladies. We're so glad you're with us. And um men, the Territorial Correctional Facility. Guys, we love you. You're every bit as much a part of this church family as those of us in this room right now, so we're glad you're with us as well. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we want you to feel welcome. Like That's our big thing right up top. We just want you to feel welcome. So if you came in here, no matter what location you're at or if you're listening or watching somewhere else, we want you to know that you're welcome here. No matter what has happened in life, no matter what is happening, no matter how good things are, bad things feel, whatever the case may be, if you feel like, you know, I'm one of those people that like, I just don't belong in church, then I want to say this to you. Welcome home. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Red Rocks Church. We we prayed that you'd be with us. So thank you for joining us. We're in this series called Just Getting Started. And we've been celebrating this idea really since Easter that from a cross on a Friday, Jesus said it is finished. And when he said it is finished, all of his friends and family and followers, they thought it meant they were finished. But what we now know is, is he came walking out of a tomb on Sunday and he said, I'm just getting started, didn't he? And, and listen, I believe that some of you, that may be the very reason why you're here today. Maybe there's something going on in your life and, and you feel stuck. You feel like the situation is hopeless like it just it can't work out and god doesn't seem to care and doesn't seem to be paying attention and i believe for some of you right now the creator of the universe wants to tell you don't you dare give up don't you dare stop believing he's working in ways that you can't see he's doing things that you don't even understand and in your situation right now he's just getting started and i believe some of you need to hear that today and so if that's you take that, receive that, we're glad that you're here. Um, How many of you were here last week? Raise your hand if you were here last week. Now, if your neighbor doesn't have their hand in the air, punch him in the thigh, say, get to church. If you're both single and it looks promising, say, what's up, what's up? Hey, there's no better place to meet your spouse than the local church. How awesome was that message last week? Was that good? Oh, so it wasn't good. It was great, wasn't it? Eric did a great job last week. You can put your hands together. Um, I know he'll hear this. Uh, Bro, I love you. That was a great message. Um, Let me let you in on a little secret, though, and this is something that pastors don't talk about. So so Chad and I do most of the speaking, right? So when we have a guest speaker or someone from staff comes and speaks, truth is, and we don't talk about this, but the truth is we want you to be good, not great. You know what I mean? Good enough that you don't ruin the church. Not so great they don't want us back. You know what I mean? That's sort of the hope for all guest speakers and when staff members come and teach. And I think Eric crossed the line, to be honest with you, a little bit last week. Um, It was awesome. And I I wasn't, I was sitting in the audience watching the sermon going, how do I follow this next week? And I knew I was in trouble because he started off his message and he's like, maybe you remember this. He goes, I've been working on this message for a year. I'm like, what do I say next week? Like, I've been working on mine since Monday. <laughs> you know, like, how do you, and, and you know, I'm, I have a little competition issue, right? And so, uh, but this isn't about being competitive, you know, but in the spirit of being truthful, I think you should know that based on some stuff I'm going to share today that I've actually been working on this message for 20 years. Does that mean i love you 20 times more than eric (laughs) that's not what this is about maybe you know what i mean maybe that's not it doesn't it's not it's not does it mean it's going to be 20 times more anointed by god you know what i mean that's not probably that's not what we're (laughs) focusing on though you know what i mean so so good for eric and we're gonna move on jesus let's talk about him (laughs) in fact let's pray god would you speak to us right now we've got so much stuff going on in our lives So much stuff. Would you help us just sort of put everything on the back burner for just a few minutes? And God, would you speak to us about our lives? Would you encourage us? Would you speak into us and into our situations right now in Jesus' name? And everybody said, Jesus died on a cross to pay the price for your sins in case you didn't know that. We exist as a church family to make sure you do know that. Jesus died on a cross to pay the price for your sins. And if you say, you know what, I believe that. I can feel it in my heart. The creator of the universe is calling me. That would be so many of our stories. And you say, I believe that. I want to receive his forgiveness. I want to follow him. You today, before you leave here, can be forgiven of your sins, receive salvation, receive the Holy Spirit, be changed in the here and now, and get heaven forever. It's the greatest news on the planet. So so Jesus does this. And, and all his friends thought it was over. He said, it is finished. They thought they were finished. What Jesus meant is sin and death are finished, and they have now been conquered, but they didn't understand, so everybody goes running. Sunday, Jesus comes out of the tomb, goes and finds his friends and family and followers and said, no, 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 I know you thought the story was over, but I'm just getting started. And he says, I got to go back to heaven, but I want you guys to go pray and expect more and they go pray and we spent the first 2 weeks in the series talking about the fact that they prayed and they received the holy spirit and the holy spirit began to empower them and the apostle peter stands up that day and gives the very first sermon about the resurrected jesus right and it goes like this acts 2:14 then peter stood up with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the crowd Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. He starts talking with boldness about Jesus being the resurrected Son of God. And 3,000 people go, I can feel it in my heart right now. God's calling me into a relationship. I want to follow Jesus. And 3,000 people get saved that day and the church gets started. And it's about then, I bet you, that they're starting to realize, like, wait a second. Whoa, like, right, that wasn't planned. Nobody had notes for that. Like, that wasn't on anybody's calendar. It just happened. And I think they went, what just happened here? And all of a sudden, I bet they started to realize, like, he meant what he said. He really does have more in store for us. He really is working in our lives. He really does have a plan. I didn't see it. I never would have known this. I couldn't have guessed it in a million years. He's got a purpose for our lives. He's got a calling on our lives. So what now? Like, what do we do? How can we, like, be proactive and fight so we can experience that call on our lives? And I I love that this is what we're getting into today as a church family because I believe as a church family that's where we're at. I believe that we're at this place where the creator of the universe is looking at some of you right now as individuals and and couples and families and us as a church family, and he's going, I know you've been through some stuff, but I've got plans for you. I'm just getting started. And we're at this place where we go, okay, how can I embrace that? How can I begin to fight for the call that God has on my life? Well, we're going to see what they did, and then we're going to go, okay, how do I do that? Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is what they did. As I read this, when you see a word in all caps, I'm going to ask you to say it loudly with me. Deal? All right. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Sorry, I jumped the gun on that, didn't I? I didn't give you, the, I didn't give you that, that, that beat. All the believers were together. together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They said, because he's just getting started in my life, in our lives as a family, because he's got plans for our lives, because he's got a purpose for us, because he wants to put us on a mission, because there's a call of God on our lives now, we need to fight to experience that. And so they decided we have to fight Together. That's it. There's power in being together. Here's what they decided. We're going to get together nonstop with other believers. We're going to rub shoulders with other believers. We're going to do life with other believers because here's what they started to understand from the jump. And it's something that we've got to take this baton from them and keep running with it. And it's this. Who you let in your life affects where you go in life. And they just knew it. Who I let in my life is going to affect where I go in life, what I experience in life, and that means even what kind of, uh, what kind of experiences I have towards the plans of God in my life. So i got to start doing life with other believers because who I let in affects where I go. The Bible says it like this, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. The, Pro, the the writer of proverbs isn't talking about iq points right there in fact the writer of proverbs talks about how the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and so when he says wise what he's talking and fear of the lord isn't like oh i'm scared of god fear of the lord is he says jump i say how high when you have a fear of the lord operating in your life the position of your life is you say jump i say how high You say go, I say yes. You say stop to the best of my ability, I say yes. I want to follow you. I want to obey you. I want to be close to you. So with that understanding, what the writer is saying, walk with people who want to follow and be close to Jesus and watch how pretty soon you want to follow and be close to Jesus. Walk with the wise and become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And my kids, the best sermon illustrations on the planet, reminded me all over of this exact thing. Who you listen to, who you let influence you, affects where you go, doesn't it? I'm at the pool, on vacation, with my children. I have three boys, they fight on a professional level, okay? They're fighting over the sunscreen. If you're a parent, you know this exact fight. They're fighting over the sunscreen because whoever gets all sunscreened up gets to get in the pool first, right? So they're fighting over the sunscreen. Now, to really appreciate what's happening at the pool, you need to know what happened at our house. So we have this little mini hoop in the basement. And it's it's an unfinished sort of part of the basement. There's no floor. It's like a concrete floor. and, And we got a hoop on the wall. And it's our court. And it is it is. It is hallowed ground. Is that how you say it? Hallowed. Don't correct me with such a judgmental <laughs> tone. My, there was someone over here was a hallowed. It is hallowed ground. Okay. <laughs> how I talk for a living, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> So we're in the basement, and we play ball down there, and we get after it. We take it serious. Well, the three boys are down there playing ball. The oldest son takes the ball and throws it at the youngest son's head at a very high velocity, okay? <laughs> Hits him in the head, knocks him up off his feet. I don't know what he does, but he like contorts his body in the air, falls on the top of his foot, and, and, and hurts his foot. Okay? So he comes upstairs to me, and he's crying. He's like, oh, Dad, Ethan, and he starts talking about Ethan. And I'm on like, Jill's not there, and, and I'm, my compassion level sometimes isn't as high as maybe it should be. And what I'm thinking is, is you got hit in the head, not your foot. You know what I mean? And so he comes over to me limp, and he's like, Dad, my foot hurts, and I'm like... Jill's not here. I'm like, listen, I got three words for you, all right? Man up, bro, okay? That's two and a half words. Man up, bro. You got hit in the head, not the foot. Go play ball. Okay. Next day, I get a call from Jill from Children's Hospital. (laughs) She says, I've got something I want to say to you and something I want to ask you. And I was like, Okay. Cause what I want to tell you, what I want to say to you is, is your son has a broken foot. He broke two bones on the top of his foot. Now, what I want to ask you, did you tell him to man up, bro? I'm like, you know what? I don't like the spirit of this conversation. They put a cast on his foot. Eight weeks later, they took the cast off, and then my son's still complaining that his foot hurts. So we tell the doctor, his foot still hurts. The other doctor's like, oh, they weren't supposed to take the cast off for two more weeks, oops. I'm like, well, what do we, oops, what do we do now? Like, and they, they said this, he goes, just tell him to be gentle. <laughs> Smokers laugh. <laughs> Have you met my children? Tell them to be gentle. Okay, so we're being gentle. Okay, all that happened. Now we're at the swimming pool and they're fighting over the sunscreen. And Ashton, the youngest one, see, we have a system, all right? And our system is, is you take, we got this one sunscreen that looks like ChapStick, but it's like a big thick one. And you, you put that one on your face and you spray the rest of your body. All right, that's the system that we use, okay? Ashton doesn't want to take the extra, you know, eight seconds it takes to do this so you know what he does. He gets right, he gets the spray, he closes his eyes, and he goes ah! and Then he goes ah! I'm like, jump in the water. He goes, where is it? Ah! Austin, his middle brother goes, three steps forward and jump. And Ashley goes, promise? He goes, promise. One, two, three, he goes, cannonball. Bam! on the concrete because <laughs> Austin thought it'd be funny to tell him to go in the wrong direction just be gentle cannonball <laughs> on the concrete who you listen to in life affects where you end up in life doesn't it and get this no it's, it's not even it's not even it's better He doesn't get to swim that day. He goes in the condo and cries because he's hurt because this is why we're on a first-name basis with everybody at Children's, okay? (laughs) Well, understand this. What he doesn't know is I had went to great lengths behind the scenes to put this day together for him. I spent hours and hours on com, looking at condos for this particular trip and I picked this very condo because of that very pool and then I got all of our flights and then I took off work and then I planned the whole thing and I went to all kinds of trouble to make sure that in this city, in this area, in this neighborhood, in this pool, my son gets to, I went to so much work to make this happen. He missed everything I had planned for him. Because you listened to the wrong person. And, and it's, it's a cute story. It's actually fairly tragic. But <laughs> I wonder, like, have, have we done that in life? Is it possible that we've missed out on some of the plans that the Father has made for us because we've listened to the wrong people? Me and Chad's mentor, a lady named Jeannie Mayo, we probably heard her say, I'm guessing somewhere close to 500 times over the course of several years, she would say this all the time, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, I'll show you where you're headed. And I can't tell you how many times we would watch student after student after student walk away from the call of God on his life because of the people he allowed in his life or her life it's just true isn't it who you let in your life affects where you go in life and i've lived it you've lived it like everything about where i live and what i do and all the stuff about my life i can trace back to a group of friends i chose to put in my life right after i gave my life to jesus everything i do i can trace back to that one decision of that one group of people i decided this is who i'm going to do life with when i when i gave my life to god like A, I was just trying to figure out if I wanted to be a Christian, but I hated church. It just didn't make sense to me. I was bored, everyone wore khakis, like there's there's four women on stage with matching dresses and tambourines. Like what is happening here? I don't even get this whole deal. And, And I started hanging out with Eric and BZ and Chad and Mikey and Nevin and all these guys were always talking about like church and how they loved ministry and they were all going to go into ministry, which to me sounded like the stupidest thing the, on the planet. Like what? You would work at a church on purpose? Like what is wrong with you? And none of it made sense. I probably told, heard Eric talk about starting a church. I bet you two hundred times he had a conversation with me about someday I'm going to start a church in Boston. I don't know why he picked Boston, but that was where he was headed. I didn't want anything to do with any of it. I just did life with these guys. And all of a sudden, somehow, I woke up one day and was like, I bet I ought to just start a church. (laughs) I could trace it back to to, to the people I chose to do life with. And then, and single people, please listen to this. The only reason I got to actually do it is because of who I married. Because my wife isn't a, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to church. Yeah, my my family used to go. No, my wife is sold out for Jesus, and so see, see, I came home to her one day, and uh, we had just spent a year and a half building our dream home. Our, our friend was a home builder, and so I'm talking about like, I picked out the blueprint, I picked the piece of land, I picked where on the land the house went. It was an acre. I mean, oh my gosh, be like. Fifty houses in Denver on an acre. You know what I mean? It was an acre and and every single detail of the house we picked, dream house. Our family lived in town. We were comfortable. We had jobs. We had health insurance, which was important because she was pregnant. And I came home one day and said, because I've been hanging out with this crew of guys who thinks church is a good idea. All of a sudden, I decided that's what I ought to be a part of. So I come home one day and said, babe, we hadn't even got all the boxes unpacked in this new house. Not even kidding. I said, babe, what if we sold it all? And like, what if, what if we moved to, to Denver? And, and, and li- listen, um, I'm not even going to tell her. Chad's a part of this deal. <laughs> what if we moved to Denver? And, and, and we won't have any family there anymore. So no more help with the kids. And I know you're pregnant with our second son, but we won't have any health insurance and we won't have a place to live and we won't have jobs and we won't have a paycheck. How does that sound? Listen. If I marry a girl who like kind of believes in God, there's not a chance in the world that happens. But I married a girl who is sold out for Jesus. And she said, you think this is what God's calling us to do? I said, I do. She said, let's go. See, who you let in your life affects where you go in life. It's not just fancy church talk. It's like real for us today. And we need to pay attention to this stuff. Do, Do you have the right people in your life? The people that you've decided to do life with, are they sold out for Jesus? Are they pushing you closer to God? Are they pushing you closer to the call that God has on your life? That's what you're looking for. There are no neutral relationships. Everyone you have is pulling or pushing you in one direction or the other. And listen, am I saying if, I, if you have a friend or are you're you like, man, what's he saying? Like if I have a friend and they're not a believer, do I just kick them to the curb? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying we need to approach it like Jesus would have. The influence that they have in your life probably needs to change. Right? How much they get to speak into the big decisions of your life probably needs to change. But look what Jesus did. He lived with believers, but he often visited the world, didn't he? And he went and hung out with people who had no faith and had dinner with them and loved them and served them and witnessed to them and ministered to them. But then he went back and did life with believers. See, our problem today is is we do the opposite. We visit church once a week. We visit some believers. And then we go do life with the world. And we wonder why we aren't experiencing God's plan in our life. Because, see, who you put in your life determines where you go. And I think we were created to pursue the plans of God with the people of God standing shoulder to shoulder with some other men and women who say, I'm walking in the same direction, and I'm not, I'm not only going to walk with you, I'll fight with you, I'll fight for you. That's what we're looking for. We do life with believers. We absolutely love people in our life that aren't. They just they can't have the same influence. That's the kind of stuff that's got to change. And, and, and truth be told, if you're here today and you go, look, I know what you're saying is right. Where do I start? Let me just get like uber practical for just a few minutes and then we'll get back into my second and last thought of the message, all right? I do not think it's the church's job to make friends for us. But I do think we'd be crazy if we didn't use the church to help. I just do. Like what what better place will you find than the local church to start building the kind of relationships you want that are gonna push you closer to God and the call he's got on your life? So so here's some real practical things. If you say, look, this is me and I know it and I've just, I've been putting it off. I've just been pretending I didn't need it. I've been pretending, I, I don't have time for it, but you're right, I need it, what do I do? It's simple. Get the Red Rocks Church app on your phone. If you still have a flip phone, you gotta find another church, honestly. <laughs> like, this just won't work, you know what I'm saying? It just won't. <laughs> you could go to the website. But for a whole bunch of you, get the app on your phone. There's a banner on the front of it uh, that says Group Life. Hit that. Look, this message isn't because we're launching a Group Life initiative next week. Like This is just about life in and of itself, guys. But we in the fall, we'll launch a bunch more Life Groups. But right now, there's a bunch going on that actually have openings. So go to that thing. Hit Life Groups. There's a button that says Open Groups List. Hit that, and it'll show you by campus all the people who have room in their Life Groups. Send an email. Go get in a group. If they're psycho, get in a different one. <laughs> but you, you got to make this happen for yourself. It's that important. On that same button, group life, you can join a sports team. Thousands of people within this church family meet in homes at a life group. But get this, thousands of people in this church family, they go, that's not my thing, but I'll play ball with you. I'll hike with you. I'll bike with you. I'll climb a mountain with you, right? And so we get people on teams because the same thing happens. We just start doing life together with other believers. So you can get on a sports team. You can hit the celebrate recovery button. And you can join us at the Littleton campus on Friday nights. And a whole bunch of us just get together and go, you know what? I'm just broken. And I just, I need to recover. I've been through some stuff. You start building the right relationships life group sports teams celebrate recovery or start your own like if you're a single guy get a couple more single guys don't go get single girls and start life groups with i know what you're doing okay (laughs) grab a couple other guys girls get with a couple other girls if you're a couple grab a couple do it with your family grab another family whatever and we've we've tried to make it so simple on the website underneath every little screen of when you would go watch a message there's a little button that says lg weekly or LG Weekly Study, and you hit that button and we'll give you discussion questions that you can go through and you just start your own group and we'll give you what to talk about and pretty soon you'll blink and all of a sudden you're starting to stand shoulder to shoulder with other believers fighting for the call that God has on both your lives. And that's what it's supposed to look like. The fifth way is this, is hit the button and it says join the team and and start serving. Pick your campus and start serving. That may be the fastest way to start building god-honoring relationships in your life is to get together with some other people and start serving together but you can do this you've just got to put in the work won't happen on accident you got the right people in your life that's question number one question number two is because i know a whole bunch of you would say yeah honestly i mean we're not perfect but yeah i do life with believers i'm in a group i'm on a team the second question is this, are you fighting with them? Some of you are like, I'm sorry? <laughs> Those of you that are angry are like, I like this place. I've been looking for a church like this actually, where's this go down at? Not are you fighting against them, not you versus them, are you fighting with them? Because here's what I know, you can sit in a life group for three straight years and never miss a week and listen to people talk and never fight for a single person in that room. You can be on the same team for three straight years and never miss a game and go out after every game and do a whole bunch of hanging out but never actually fight for anybody on that team when it comes to their spiritual life, their relationship with God, the call that God has on their life. Are you fighting with them? Not just are you hanging with them. Are you fighting with them? James says this, here's what it looks like. You want to get into a relationship where you can both help each other fight for the call of God that's on your lives? Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I heard a pastor say, if you want to be forgiven, confess your sins to God. You want to be healed, confess them to somebody else. James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be HEALED. THE PRAYER OF A RIGHTEOUS PERSON IS POWERFUL AND EFFECTIVE. HE SAID, START GOING TO WAR WITH THE PEOPLE IN YOUR LIFE. DON'T JUST HANG OUT WITH THE RIGHT PEOPLE, GO TO WAR WITH THEM. Stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Say, you hurt, I hurt. You celebrate, I celebrate. You got a problem, I'll get involved. I'll hold you accountable. I'll pray for you. I'll lift up your arms when you can't lift them up yourself. I'll fight for your freedom. I'll fight for your healing. I'll fight for that call God's put on your life. Like, go to war with each other. That's what we're supposed to do. And so I want to ask you, and this, you, you get this question right, it really will. You're going to turn around one of these days, and you're going to go, change the whole direction of my life. Who's fighting with you for the plans God has for you? Who's fighting with you for the plans that God has for you? Because you were never meant to fight alone. Ecclesiastes 4 says this, two are just better. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one. To help them up see somehow we've gotten this idea that that if i can just take care of myself then i'm strong and that's what i'm supposed to be i don't need anybody's help i don't want to burden anybody else i'm too embarrassed to share i don't want people to know how jacked up i am i don't want to be that vulnerable right i got this that's what we think and somehow we've made that like valiant and that's not how we're taught to live We were created to pursue the plans of God with the people of God. We were created to fight together. I talked to a guy in the gym this week, and if you were here last time I spoke, you know I've had a rough time at the gym lately. (laughs) Been using pink dumbbells, got kicked in the head. It's a whole story. You'd have to have been there for it. So I'm a little skittish right now in the gym, okay? I'm a little like, hey, you know, and I was walking in the gym this week, and I heard this, Sean. Sean and I stopped and I was like oh no he sounds large and angry (laughs) and I turned around and he was large but not angry he had the kind of arms I'm gonna have in heaven okay (laughs) and he was like amen can we talk I was like yeah what's up and and literally like just sat on a bench and started talking and uh, he's like first He goes, I just want you to know, I'm a tither at Red Rocks Church. I know that we haven't met, but I'm a tither. And last weekend, when Eric talked about that class of graduating pastors in India, that my money helped send them through school so they can plant churches, he goes, man, that moved me. And I'm like, I know, Eric's awesome. (laughs) Again, good, not great. You know what I mean? No, I was, I was, we had a great talk about that. And then he said, hey, he goes, no, what I wanted to ask you about is, he said, my girlfriend, I think my girlfriend needs to get in a life group. And I was like, well, it's crazy that you should say that because like, that's what I've been studying all week and that's actually what I'm going to talk about this weekend. And we sat there right on the bench and I was like, give me your phone. And we just got the app and pushed the button and I'm like, there you go, boom. And I started to put my headphones back in like I thought we were done. I was like, all right, bro. And he's like, no, 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 one, one more thing. I was like, Yeah, what's up? He goes, man, I just... He goes, I, I know, you're, you're trying to work out and we're in the gym and this is weird, but like, man, I've just been going through some stuff. And uh, without breaking confidence, he said there, there's, there's been a death in the family and there's, there's been depression and um, a lot of hurt and, and loss and oppression. And, and, and he said something to me. He said this, he, and I wrote it down because I wanted to get it right. He said, he said I'm really strong. He's like, I'm strong mentally and I'm strong physically. And then he said this. He said, but this stuff breaks you down. And he looked at me and he goes, am I crazy? Does that sound crazy? And I was like, no. That's real. That sounds normal. And I told him, I was like, dude, it's fine that you can run into me at the gym and like talk about this once, but what you need is you need to be in a group with some guys who stand with you week in and week out and you can share this stuff with and they can fight for you and fight with you and hold you accountable and get involved. I'm like, that's what you need. I was like, you know who else probably needs a life group? He's like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> He got back out the phone at the deal. <laughs> it's just true. and And... I went to a friend's life group this week, and I was just inspired all over again of of just the life-changing power of what happens when we decide to live life in a group with other believers and actually fight for each other. In fact, this group that I went to, they call themselves Fight Club. Now, if you just laugh, it means you're old. (laughs) Everybody in their 20s is like, so, what's that? All you old people pictured a bar of soap right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of you old people, unfortunately. They call themselves Fight Club. And it, they didn't, there were, no groups were launching at the church. It was just one guy who went, man, I'm a business owner, and my life's crazy and hectic. And I'm going to ask a few other business owners if they want to just start meeting up. And, and what I love about this group is this group to me represents, like, these are the last people that ought to be in a, in a life group. These are the last people, and I say that because statistically they just are, because they're the group of people that more than everybody else says, I just don't need it, and I just don't have time for it. I mean, they're running companies. One guy runs like a laser company. One guy runs a financial company. One guy runs an MMA team. I mean, they're like, powerhouse guys, busy, crazy schedules, families, kids, the whole deal, like they're the people who ought to be saying, I don't need this and I don't have time for it. And yet you're, yet they're the very guys that get together and say, no, I need this so bad. I have to have you guys fighting with me. I have to be fighting with you. So Red Rocks Church, uh, let's, we'll take a, take a peek behind the curtain at one of the life groups within our church family called Fight Club. Okay, let's do it. And so we got some food. So, so we're just sitting right for filming. I'm going to right away, so oh, I'm <laughs> sit right here with Liam. Oh, that's that's actually Do so you know it's I'm sitting there, brother? Yeah, i yeah. yeah. oh, oh, okay. No, sit there. no, no, I'm just sitting there. Hey, I know hey, better than hey. the best hey. we'll Sit right
1: here. <laughs> Brian's he's touchy-feeling, <laughs> you know? We've <laughs> <laughs> learned to accept we're, it. What what's Fight Club? We don't talk What's Fight Club?
2: We don't talk about Fight Club.
0: That got real serious, didn't
1: it? I mean, we talked about a lot of oh. names oh. initially. I think we ended up there is this fighting for Jesus, fighting for our, our, our lives as fathers, fighting for each other. Yeah. Um,
2: if the devil can't have your heart, he'll just make you busy, right? And so we needed to fight to have that time to really focus on. All right, <laughs> look in the chaos of life, right? Raising kids, trying to stay healthy, being a good parent, being a good spouse. You know, sometimes you got to fill the tank. And that's really what this group has done for me. And hopefully I'm helping these guys fill their tanks.
1: We all tend to internalize a lot more. And so, you know, that just builds on you. So when you can come to a venue like this, I can tell you guys, this is what I'm dealing with. Um, It's like going to the doctor, you know, and you can take it to Christ, take it to the group. You know, people praying uh, through the week um, and uplifts your spirit and helps you take on that next challenge.
2: None of us are perfect. There's only one perfect person, of course, but, and, you know, everyone is thick-skinned enough to uh, receive and or give when it comes to that stuff. And, you know, the reason I'm talking smack to Levi is because I like to see him, and I like to see these guys. And uh, um, I, like Drew saying, I,
1: I look forward
2: to coming and doing this.
1: We're really good at, if we want to, to just put on a mask, right? Um, And and I probably, if anything, um, have done it the most, maybe in this group as far as coming to Christ most recently, and that mask is so easy and instantaneously can be put on. But what I know is that when I'm in here, they're not gonna let me do that.
2: Us fighting for each other, for me, that is giving me courage to be more of a fisher of men. Life just has a tendency to pile stuff on, and I think if if you're like me, you have a, a an A-type driver personality, you know, for a while you're like, bring it on, I got it, I got this, no big deal. I got this, I'll handle it. Bring it on here, I'll, I'll take care of it. And then sooner or later you wake up and you're like, man, this is heavy. And so for me, having every couple weeks that I can come sit with my Fight Club brothers and go, guys, this is what's going on. And, you know, we can give it to God and we can pray for it and we can talk through it.
1: And then hopefully throughout the week, we're all praying for each other. This group has been a saving grace, hands down, to the things that my family's been through in the last couple of years. Um, Nothing else matters more to our soul than making sure that we protect it. And if there's one thing that I took away in the last couple years, and you asked me a specific example, it was this group gave me the absolute strength to have patience. I think that's just a really unique piece to a group of men in here who, on the surface, have done really well with themselves. And And then ultimately it's about realizing it's not with themselves, right, it's through the grace of God you know talking about kid problems and talking about marriage problems and
2: talking about you know trying to take care of yourself physically and trying to take care of your business and all the you know balls that are you know being juggled and realizing that it doesn't matter you know you know we could all be as, as put together as a sage over here and uh, and we still all have have problems that we're dealing with
1: Dear Heavenly Father thank you for this time uh, for these men uh, for the opportunity for us to uh, share share your glory share your grace and if we put you first we'll get all that we need out of this life in your name we pray amen Amen.
0: we had a lot of fun and uh hung out and i got to ask questions and and i sort of assumed that would be all that happened and then at one point levi's like hey can, can we start now? Like we got stuff to do tonight, and I was like, "Oh, that's right, you're actually having a group." And I was like, "Okay, well, we'll shut off the cameras." They're like, you can "Film whatever you want, I don't care." Like we got we got stuff to do, and and they started sharing things that honestly it reminded me why we do this. Like from a distance, everyone in that circle looks like they're living the dream and they're really put together. And they get, they get in that circle, in what they call fight club. And they do what you just heard. They take off the masks. And they go, this is me. And these guys got real. And I'm talking about confessing sin and talking about pain and talking about hurt and talking about things that are happening right in life, that I'm, in life right now that I'm really afraid of. And, and I saw them start to rise up bro, I'll be with you this week. I'm going to text you on Wednesday. We're going to pray for you right now. I'm going to fight with you for your healing. I'm going to fight with you for your freedom. I'm going to fight with you for the call that God has on your life. And I started getting fired up just sitting in the room with them. And as I just was reminded, like, this is how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to pursue the calling of God with the people of God. We're supposed to stand shoulder to shoulder, and we're supposed to fight for each other. That's how it's supposed to work. And and, and all of a sudden I'm watching them do this and I was like, guys, can can I just read one verse to you because I want to encourage you because what I'm seeing here is something that I just saw in Acts 2. I've been reading Acts 2 since I became a Christian because it talks about the early church. And there's something in this one verse, this three word phrase that I've never seen before, and it's meant something completely new to me. It's actually the first verse we read, I think today. It was Acts 2:14. We're talking about Peter giving the very first sermon, right, and starting the church. Watch this. I don't know. maybe you noticed it. I just it, I didn't pay attention enough. Then Peter stood up. There's the three words, with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the crowd. I've read that verse countless times. I've always, tried to, I've always pictured Peter standing up by himself addressing this crowd. That's not what happened. And what's really great is if you know your Bible, you know that just before this, Peter was by himself and a servant girl came over to him and said, are you with Jesus? And he went, no, nope. he couldn't stand up to one servant girl by himself. Empowered with the Holy Spirit and with his brothers by his side, he stands up to the scariest crowd of people on the planet. He stands up to the very people who just executed Jesus for saying that Jesus was with God. And he stands up with boldness. But understand this, he stands up shoulder to shoulder with his brothers who said, you go, I go. You risk it, I risk it. You hurt, I hurt. You take that step, I take that step with you because I'm fighting with you. And by himself, can't stand up to a girl with his friends who've got his back, stands up to the scariest crowd on the planet and starts to walk in his calling that God had for him. That's what happens when we live this way. See, who's fighting with you changes everything about what you're fighting for. Who's fighting with you changes everything about what it is that you're fighting for. And see, I used to think that real strength was was being able to say, I got this. But what I've learned is real strength is when you admit, I can't fight this one alone. But understand this, church, real freedom is found when you do something about it. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are with us in this moment. I thank you that you're speaking to us about our lives right now in this moment. I thank you that there's some right now that you are calling into a personal relationship with you. Right now, they're feeling that pull and they know that the creator of the universe is drawing them into a relationship. I thank you that that's happening right this minute. I thank you that... Men and women across this church family are being encouraged and reminded of the importance of starting to do life or continuing to do life with other believers and and for some continuing to do that at a different level. And I pray, God, that we would begin right now to allow some weights to be taken off of our shoulders as we're also reminded that you're working in our lives in ways we don't fully understand. God, help us to believe you. Help us to trust you. Give us peace Help us rest in the fact that you're in control. And I pray, God, you give some the courage today to start making some bold moves, taking some steps of faith, to start putting the right kind of people in their lives. And I pray, God, that this is a moment we look back on years from now and people go, that was the day that changed the direction of my life. With everyone's eyes closed, I want to ask two questions as I close. Number one is this. You're going through something right now. And the truth is, you need somebody to fight with you. And and maybe you have the right people in your life outside of church, maybe you don't. But in this moment, we're gonna fight together as a church family. If that's you, raise your hand. You say, I'm just going through it and I need somebody to fight with me. A whole bunch of you. And the next question is this. I can feel God calling me right now into a personal relationship with him. I believe Jesus was the son of God. I believe he rose from the dead. I want to repent of my sins right this minute. I want to follow Jesus. I want to receive his salvation. If that's you, raise your hand, and I'm going to say a prayer for you. Praise God. Praise God. Hands all over the place. Praise God. Raise them up at all locations. God, you know why we're here today. You know what we're in the middle of. Right now, I pray for strength for some people. In the name of Jesus. In fact, if you raised your hand and said you need somebody to fight for you, would you stand up? Whatever location you're at, you say, I need somebody to fight for me. Stand up, please, right now. If you put your hand up, said, I need somebody to fight for me. Stand up at every location. All right, now, church, look around. And I want you to now stand up with them. And if you're next to them, just put your hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray for each other. God, I thank you right now that you've brought us together for such a time as this. I pray for miracles to happen in this moment. I pray for addictions to be broken in this moment. For illnesses to be healed in this moment. For bodies to be cured in this moment. God, I pray that you would begin to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would bring peace and strength and encouragement to every single person today who said, I just need somebody to fight for me. And I pray, God, that as we worship, you would remind us that you are right now in heaven next to the Father doing just that, fighting for us. And I thank you for the salvations that are taking place right now in the name of Jesus at all of these locations, people watching and listening from remote spots. I thank you for the eternal lives that are being changed in this minute, in this moment. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. church, let's worship.